Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. One year ago today, an armed intruder entered the shared South St. Louis campus of Central Visual and Performing Arts High School and Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience. The shooter injured seven people and took the lives of two, sophomore CVPA student Alexandria Bell and CVPA health and physical education teacher Jean Kuchka, who was also Collegiate's cross-country coach. Most CVPA and collegiate students, faculty, and staff emerged from school grounds physically unharmed last October 24th. But the emotional trauma had deep effects on minds and hearts, and it was trauma experienced both by those who'd been at school that day and by their families. In the days and weeks that followed the shooting, much of the media and community focus was almost entirely centered on CVPA. After all, the gunman and both the people he killed were directly connected to that school. But collegiate students and their families say that focus often seemed to overlook their own experiences of the tragedy, making it difficult for them to process the resulting emotions. Joining me now to discuss her reporting on how collegiate families are dealing with mixed emotions on this anniversary is STLPR reporter Kate Grumke. Kate, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, CVPA and collegiate high schools share a campus. So collegiate students and staff were on lockdown and escaping the school just as CVPA staff and students were, right, Kate? Yeah, that's right. So um, they share the campus and they also share some parts of the building. So they share, for example, the gym where they do physical education. Um, But then there are also ways that the schools are separate. Um, They kind of have their own pieces of that campus. Mm -hmm. But there is enough overlap that on that day, the collegiate students were also locked down, were also able to hear gunfire, also experienced traumatic events. Mm -hmm. Now, last year at this time, you are our education reporter. This has to do with a high school. Where were you and what were you covering um, on the 24th last year? Yeah, so at this time last year, I was sitting right here, actually. Um, so the shooting happened soon after our workday started. So I went straight over to the school, interviewed people outside of the school. Um, we had one person who was talking to people in the Schnooks parking lot where people had been evacuated. And then I was over on the Tower Grove side of the park where people were also kind of filing away, mostly parents with their kids. Mm-hmm. And at that time, as in the, the intro, the focus really was on CVPA because it was sort of, in, I guess, in that part of the building where the shooting occurred. So this year, on this one-year anniversary, you have written a story, you've talked with people for um, a piece that is focused on collegiate. So why was it that talking with collegiate students and families and getting some of their perspectives a, a priority for you Yeah, so I think in the last year, um, I and many reporters in the city did mostly focus on CVPA. And I think that there is a valid reason for that. I think that that school really was the target of this attack. Um, But I do think that that coverage has at times left out 
the students at Collegiate who similarly feared for their lives on that day. And I was interested in hearing from people who were not physically harmed on that day, but still have the even sometimes physical effects of mental health issues from what happened. And so by talking to students at Collegiate, I think that that really focused on kind of this wake of people that were affected that aren't the first people that you think of when you think of what happened in a school shooting. Mm -hmm. But it's also a very difficult thing to cover because everyone I talked to at Collegiate really did not want to take away the focus from CVPA. They really wanted to highlight this is not a competition for who is the most traumatized. But at the same time, they have things that they want to talk about and what happened. And I think it's important to still talk to the people there. Um, And I think we want to hear from one student that I talked to. um, This is Jacob Hicks, who is a senior at Collegiate. And he told me about kind of how this has felt in the past year. It has like hurt in a way sometimes because the media has definitely put more emphasis on CVPA. And like I said, like that's hard because we want, we don't, as collegiate, we don't want to diminish what they went through, but nobody seems to be talking about the fact that we are going through just as much. Um, and it was, it was also really hard to go through all that and then have to go back after only a month. And they got longer and they needed longer, but it was still hard to go after going, to go back um, so soon. Um, and yeah, and it's also I also don't think it is it's helped like how the media like always portrays it as just them for like our unity. I think that issue of unity is um kind of a, a bigger theme here too because Collegiate was somewhat new to that building. They had only started sharing it with CVPA in the last couple years. Mm. And so as you can imagine having two schools sharing the same campus, there's there can be some tension there and I think that this event happening made it even more difficult to process. Mm-hmm. And to the point that you were making about you know, physical and to the manifestations of uh, emotional trauma in the body, one of the things in the, the piece that you wrote about um, Jacob's plants was very, um, it was very poignant, very vivid. In talking with people and sort of asking them to share Kate, how did you navigate sort of that delicate balance between you know, asking people to share their thoughts and experiences without re-traumatizing them, especially at a time when there's you know bound to be a lot of media attention on the one-year anniversary? I think this is a hard thing to get right. Um, and I think that people um, will have hard feelings as they talk about what happened. But something that I learned on that very first day of the shooting, and it's just been repeated to me since, is there are people who, when they go through something like this, do not want to talk to media. And those are the people that I don't want to talk to them either. Mm -hmm. I don't want to force anyone to talk about what happened, especially when it's so heavy. But I think on the flip side, there are a lot of people that when they experience something like this, they do want to talk about it. And it was as easy as just having a microphone on the day of the shooting. The people that wanted to talk just came up to me. Mm-hmm. It was um, very natural for them. And I think that's continued, especially um, in all the stories that we've done since then. There are valid reasons for wanting your perspective to be communicated to the wider public. And so I think it's not always the case that it's a negative thing for people to speak with us. Mm-hmm. Was there something that emerged, you know, as a whole, sort of from the range of people that you talked with or like just themes 
that came out as being um, things that people are are thinking about no matter where they are in the larger community. I think something I heard a lot is that no one's experience of grief or trauma is going to look the same. And I think I really got that sense from talking to people. I think that there is a range of emotions. um, And even just thinking about covering collegiate specifically's experience of this anniversary, even within that, there was a spectrum of people who really felt like there was a huge disparity in how collegiate was talked about and were upset about that, ranging to the opposite of some students I talked to who thought that this really shouldn't be as big of a conversation as it is and that it's not a competition, it's a shared trauma and everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, um, it seems to be a theme that this is grief. You know, people are mourning the loss of this vision of school as a safe place. And just as people experience grief over a loved one being lost, they're also experiencing the grief of having been through this traumatic event in different ways. Mm -hmm. And was there anything that someone said to you that really stood out as being, um, you know, from your position, not only as a journalist, but as a community member, that people should be thinking about as they approach the the media content that's going to be coming out today, uh, you know, mostly today, because the attention is always on these big anniversaries. I think um, I think that what people were communicating to me a lot was just that this is still very impactful for the people that went through it. Um, I heard from many people that they still have very vivid, intrusive memories of what happened that day that can be brought on by something that surprises them. Like um, if we remember the person who escaped from the hospital recently, that led to there being helicopters in Tower Grove Park, which is right near the school. And one of the parents that I spoke to said that that, it felt like it just brought her even further back in her healing process of having this kind of feeling of not being safe in that neighborhood again. it And I think that there, um, it's important for all of us in the community to remember that there's this huge, broad group of people that's not just the people that were physically injured that are still dealing with very difficult feelings around this. Kate Grumke is STLPR's education reporter. You can read her report, Collegiate Families Deal with Mixed Bag of Feelings Approaching School Shooting Anniversary, and hear other collegiate and collegiate parent voices in the audio piece at stlpr.org. Kate, thank you so much for talking with us about these important perspectives. Thank you. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear how CVPA alumni of different graduating classes and community arts teachers have used artistic expression to convey grief and find healing. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Welcome back. Central Visual and Performing Arts High School is so much more than the setting of a tragic shooting. It's a place of arts and performance and learning. So for its students, 
Art and performance has been a big part of processing their trauma. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Chad Davis has been talking to students, teachers, and alumni who were impacted by the shooting, and he's learned about what art means to them in this moment and how they're using art to heal. And Chad's with us now. Chad, many thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, the name of the school, Arts is in it. Are there any assumptions you know, that are made about arts then being sort of a natural outlet or means for healing? Yeah, I, I think um, at least what I got from this story was that while a, a lot of people, especially artists, they use art to express themselves, to grieve, and also to heal, um, it's not necessarily always, I guess, a, a given that everyone is going to heal through art or that everyone has to heal through art, even if they are artists. Um, it was actually something interesting that I, I heard when I spoke with one of the arts teachers um, actually at the school, Kelly Terry, um, who had brought up some of the difficulties of not having, you know, everyone able to express themselves freely through art because maybe they were, you know, also still grieving and trying to figure out the best way to heal. Mm-hmm. And was that specific to the space that they were in on campus or was this an overall effect? I think it was a I, I think it was something that was overall because you had students, of course, from um, CVPA who um, may be healing in different ways and trying to figure out the best way to grieve. But it was also an, an, uh, something that happened with other organizations as well who are dealing with art, like Story Stitchers, mm-hmm. um, where I spoke with several members who used art, poetry, um, podcasting, music, dance, all to heal. And um, sometimes it was very difficult for them to use those mediums and mm-hmm. to try to find a way to uh, best express themselves and kind of share what they were feeling. At least that's what I got from speaking with the people at, at, at those um, at that organization yeah. from teachers and did you find that there was any you know reluctance or reticence on the part of of students and mm-hmm. teachers to talk about it at all I mean not even in the context of art but right. In, with that combined, obviously, but what did you find around that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that reluctance was um, very prominent. Um, you, you know, with it being a year ago and with it being such a traumatic experience for a lot of students, um, I think some maybe felt that the, you know, felt that talking about the shooting was either, you know, just too personal or it, it hit too close to home. And um, I think um, there was um, a, a teacher, again, Terry, who kind of talked about that and talked about that reluctance. Mm-hmm. And you did have a chance to capture some audio of your conversation with CVPA art teacher Kelly Terry. She's been there for nine years, mm-hmm. which is quite some time. And she spoke with you about what it meant to come back to that classroom, her art room after the shooting. It's definitely a really magical place. That's why I've stuck around as long as I have. Um, like just full of just love and joy and creativity. So like I've been thinking a lot about how that was that sacred space, that safe, safe space has completely like just in a matter of moments kind of like taken from us. Like it, it's there. We still use it the same but like just that, the innocence and the safety of that room, I do think we are still working really hard to make it a safe, beautiful space. 
And that was art teacher Kelly Terry reflecting on the one-year anniversary of the school shooting at CVPA. It sounded almost like her voice was breaking a little mm-hmm. bit there at yeah. the end. Yeah. Still hard to talk about. Now, there are some students who have managed to make some art, and they're, they're using that as an outlet and have even made political art taking their message to Jefferson City to demand action to reduce gun violence. Talk with us about that. Yeah, so um, actually, and Sarah Kellogg, one of the um, political reporters here, um, I think she covered the actual um, event in Jefferson City, but with um, what uh, Terry was, was telling me was that, you know, you had some of these students who maybe saw this as a, a way to really voice how they felt about legislation, about gun violence, about the access to guns. Um, and so um, one of the pieces, um, this is at um, Mokabee's, by the way, Coffee House. Um, they have a gallery of a lot of the pieces from CVPA students. And one of those pieces was um, by a freshman. And that piece kind of shows the, like, the Statue of Liberty. And um, it has like a flag in the background with like bullet holes instead of stars and the stripes are, are, are blood instead of stripes and there's also a list of some of the um, names or names but some of the school shootings that have happened over the past you know 30 or so years mm-hmm. um, and so I, I think what um, what we found and what Terry was saying was that there th- this has also opened the opportunity for a lot of students to really kind of say what they want to be done and obviously like political art isn't new of course but I find it really interesting that you have younger people doing that mm-hmm. and just in the last minute or so you also spoke with Brandon um, an artist who said that uh, there's something by a, a public health um, activist right. right about the the role that artists play. What is the takeaway that you took from that just in the last minute? Yeah, um, he, was, he was talking about um, Dr. L.J. Punch, who was actually there at an event that they had about a year ago. And really what he was saying was that, you know, artists are typically on, on the front lines of a lot of these um or, or art is used to help people who are on the front lines of traumatic events. And um, it's so important for artists to be able to express themselves in ways that other people can't. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really powerful, yeah. I thought. Chad Davis is a reporter here at St. Louis Public Radio. You can read his piece, which is up now at stlpr.org. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury and Danny Wisentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. 
committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.